Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. After the absolute horror and carnage of Judges, we rush right into the book of Ruth, which is Bible's way of essentially saying, see, I can't be sexist, some of my friends are women. This is a Bible book that passes the Bechdel test, so long as you don't gender God, so we're all good, right? And regardless of what has previously passed, this is stone-cold proof that Bible is definitely not misogynistic in the slightest, and anyone claiming it is is just a liar and silly, so there. Okay, to the story. This is set during the time of the judges, so the backdrop to everything you hear is utter carnage, right? Good to remember. We have a man called Elimelech who is married to Naomi. They have two sons. Elimelech dies, leaving Naomi a widow, which sucks, but thankfully she still has her two boys and they end up marrying Moabian women essentially just not God's chosen people. They're Gentiles, they're foreigners, right? Ruth and this other one. A couple of years passes and the two sons die. Right, the scene is set. We have Naomi, a widow, knocking about with her two daughters-in-law, also widows. It's very much the party of five story from Bible. Whilst Naomi is wondering what she ever did to get lumbered with a couple of women her sons were banging, she hears that God is sorting his people out with food and provisions, so she thinks, what with a famine going on, I should probably head myself back home to my homeland of Judea. Obviously, she could do without these two women cramping her style, but Naomi is a kind and gentle woman, so starts just dropping hints. Ooh, this is tough going, isn't it? Do you remember talking about how much you love your own mothers? How, how sad you are that you never really see a enough of them anymore? Well, how about this, right? Why don't you both, you know, not fuck off exactly, but but why don't you leave me be and you can go and be with your own mothers? The two women think about this and say, no, we're good. We have your back and you aren't getting rid of us that easily. (laughs) They clearly were never schooled in picking up any hints that are dropped right in bloody front of them. But Naomi doesn't give up straight away. Okay, okay, fine. But hear me out, right? I'm not going to have any other sons. I'm just, I'm just not, right? I'm old. I'm not getting married again. And if I do marry again, and he knocks me up, and I have a go at giving birth, it would most likely kill me. And assuming I do get married, assuming I do get knocked up, assuming I give birth and it doesn't kill me, right? You can't marry a newborn. And are you going to wait till they're the age to get married, which, by the way, that will mean that you are both old as shit, and I'm not sure I want my children dealing with all that nonsense. So look, right, no marriage is this way, so you're best off leaving me alone. The woman, whose name I can't remember, who isn't Ruth, thinks that this is actually quite sound advice and says her goodbyes and rushes off to never be heard of again. Hopefully there's some hidden book somewhere sharing her Mad Max story of hardship and badassery, but Ruth, the woman whose name adorns the top of this story, obviously has to stick around, and she's just banging on about how she'll go wherever Naomi goes, her god is her god, her people are her people, when she dies, like she'll die, and sort of like everything's tied together for 
forever. And after ages of this, Naomi relents and just goes with Ruth to Bethlehem. Once they get to Bethlehem, loads of people are recognizing Naomi and they're all going like, holy shit, Naomi, where the hell have you been? So Naomi, looking so put out, goes, don't, don't go calling me Naomi, right? Call me Mara now because I'm dead bitter and put upon side-eyeing Ruth throughout this exchange. The townsfolk get the hint, something Ruth will never do, and give little nods of recognition. Oh yeah, and the barley harvest is just starting when they get to Bethlehem. Not sure if this will end up being important, but the book feels it necessary just before the end of chapter one to suddenly shout, oh yeah, and the barley harvest. Just so you know, right, that is starting. Maybe it'll be important. Maybe this is just a touch of colour which is always a tricky thing to tell with Bible. Whilst it is often horrifically signposted whenever anything is ever going to ever happen ever, it also likes to drop non-sequiturs every now and then simply never come back to them. So roll the dice, place your bets, and let's see if the barley is of any importance. It, it kind of is. Okay, so next day. Naomi and Ruth are crashing with Boaz, some distant relative of Naomi's or something, but he's like dead important, so he owns a shitload of barley fields. And ah, there's the barley, you see. Ruth goes to work stealing barley. Well, not stealing so much. You, do you remember way back in one of the earlier books, I think probably Leviticus or whatever, all that stuff about having to leave the crops at the edges of your fields for the ball to help themselves to? Well, Ruth's doing that. She's trying her best to be sneaky, but there's only so sneaky one can be when taking barley from a field that's being worked upon. Boaz obviously sees her and calls one of his workers over and is all like, yeah, mate, what's... What's, uh, what's going on over there? Oh, that's that's this lady called Ruth. She's staying with Naomi at the moment. Why, uh, you want us to get rid of her? No, 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 leave her be, I'll have a word, but she's staying with Naomi. I wonder how I missed her, is Naomi staying with me? I think, I mean, maybe Greg misunderstood that, but he's pretty sure. Anyway, how how did he miss her? Right? Did, did Naomi just sneak her? into the place where Boaz let them stay? Or, or does Boaz not even know Naomi is there? I'm starting to feel like Nay is a more dodgy character than we've been led to believe. Regardless, Boaz wanders over to Ruth and asks what she's up to. She lets him know and he's all cool and sweet, no worries, you carry on, but you stick with my handmaidens, okay? I've, I've told everyone to leave you be and you shouldn't run into any issues, but boys will be boys, so just be careful and stick with my people. That's nice and all, but why are you being so nice to me? Won't, won't, won't lie. It's a little suspicious. Look, you've done good by Naomi, so you're good with me. Cool, cool. Well, how's about you keep throwing this good favour on me? How can I keep this gravy train going? Lots of smiling going on. This is totally hardcore flirting right now. Uh, Boaz even dropping in the whole thing about being impressed that Ruth looks after her mother-in-law despite her husband being dead. So essentially, he's just letting Ruth know that he knows she's single. Anyway, he calls Ruth over to join him for some bread and wine vinegar, which admittedly sounds a tad lame, but you take what you can. After food, she goes back to stealing loads of barley and Boaz even gives her loads. So when Ruth gets back home, Naomi is all like, No jokes, mate. This is a fuckload of barley. What the hell did you do? I've been hanging out on Boaz's farm. <laughs> no shit. That is where we're staying and he's a close relative. How close? Close enough that we can get help, but not so close that you can't bang him. Top! Yeah, I'd stick with him if I was you. Anyway, right anywhere else, you'll get got, but he has your back. They sleep, and a bit later on, Naomi, again, is clearly getting a little sick of Ruth knocking about their place all the bloody time, so starts it over, just kind of like, you, uh, you given any thought to when you're moving out? Any thought at all to when you want to get out from under my feet? That 
that Boaz? Maybe think you might want to move in with him? Naomi then instructs Ruth to go to Boaz and hang out at his feet and to do what she's told. Ruth thinks this is all fine and duly follows her instructions. Okay, so Ruth and Boaz have a little cuddle and Boaz is essentially going all bros before hoes as he says, I proper want to bang. But there's another guy who might want to bang you, so I have to check he doesn't want you before I can make a play. So keep this secret, yeah. Tell no one and here's some barley for your troubles. The morning comes and Ruth runs off home and the with the barley and Naomi is all, what happened? And Ruth is all, was weird. And Naomi is all, be chill, it'll be grand. Boaz is chatting to his boys about who gets Ruth and they agree that Boaz can have her and to secure this deal. They exchange sandals because everything has to be fucking mental in this book. So with Ruth being nowhere to be seen, Boaz successfully marries her. They bang and she gives birth to a son called Obed, who in turn would have a son called Jesse, who in turn would have a son called David. You know, King David. The story then ends by going through a shitload of genealogy, which is, well, it's a thing, isn't it? And that's that. That's the story of Ruth. Not a great deal to it, admittedly, and it's a long way to say, here's where King David comes from. Ah, well, no doubt we'll kick things up a notch next time. Thank you for listening to A Better Bible. Now we need you to spread the word. Rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Follow the Twitter in the episode description and let us know how we changed your life, why you love us, how you need us. Share this with the world. Evangelize like a bastard. <laughs> you stupid.